Hey everyone, welcome back to the Undecided Podcast. Today is April 24th. I am joined today with my co-hosts, Daniel and David. Daniel and David, how are you guys doing this week? It's been a pretty good week for me. Been kind of busy, not necessarily with school, but just the amount of commitments I have to people. A lot of people have been asking me to hang out or asking me to do these things for them. And it's getting to the point where I am a little bit overwhelmed. I realized that the past couple months, I've definitely been having the feeling of uh, FOMO. I don't think I've ever felt this version of FOMO before, but maybe this is the reason why I can't say no to people. But overall, it's been a pretty good week. Been, I've been out of the house a lot more compared to myself a couple months ago. So it's been a lot more fulfilling. I've been a lot more engaged in the interactions I've had with people this week. How about you, David? Hey, guys. So I've been uh, fine this week, too. It's a little bit slow academically. Uh, right now, we have a in our house, we have a friend over from Portland. So I haven't, we haven't seen him in a while. And thanks to him, we have a lot of people coming over, saying hi to him. So I've been having also a lot of social interactions as well with people. And like meeting new people is like cool and all, but like some of these uh, relationships or like some of these conversations could be kind of shallow. So I kind of want to bring up today's topic. So hold on, hold on. How's how's Jonathan doing this week? Oh, oh. Oh, thanks for asking, Dan. Um, Yeah, I'm on a break right now. Um, We don't get a spring break. So we have these things called wellness days where we can just kind of clear our heads, get our mind straightened out and kind of taking it easy i do have a little bit of work but uh yeah it's been a good restful few days any highlights this week um not really it's the normal grind i would say um there are some insights this week that i, I do want to share with y'all later awesome yeah. save it for the end uh i wanted to just bring up my highlight of the week i went whale watching yesterday <laughs> i saw oh, wow yeah. yeah how was that that was pretty fun. Like, I don't know, just being on a boat is just so engaging. You know, it's just like being out there. It just makes you think like, dude, the ocean is so vast and it's like a whole new world. And we didn't see any whales, but we saw a lot of dolphins and that was crazy. I've never actually seen a dolphin before in my life. They would just come up right next to the boat. And I'm like, dude, these are, these are mammals and they're living in the water and they have to like come up for air and stuff. So that was really cool. That was my highlight. Wait, what beach was this? This was in Newport Beach. Oh, okay. Yeah. By the peninsula. What was your highlight of the week, David? Highlight of the week? Hmm. Oh, I started hitting the gym again. The school gym opened and the it's open in the parking garage now. It's not the, it's not the same as it used to be, but still going back in the grind feels great. Like, I mean, it doesn't feel, it feels great to be back, but seeing where I'm at with the weights right now is kind of depressing seeing how much I got You'll get back. Don't worry, but man. It's time to You're bounce back mentally. Yes, sir. So uh, David, yeah. What's the topic for this week? So today's topic is actually about friendship. So last week we talked about making new friends, right? It was mostly focused uh, out of college, but this week I want to talk about our current l- relationships we have and how to kind of develop them and how to make them more fulfilling. So with friends, we have those friends that are just like friends, but it'd be like, like we hang out with them with groups, but it'd be difficult to hang out with them like one-on-one 
And then we got like other people's, like we call them the boys or like bestie. So I started, I was wondering like, how many people do you consider as like bestie or like the boys? I have an even better question. Okay. First, let's, let's classify the hierarchy of friends, right? Because you say there's different kinds of friends. There's, there's friends that you wouldn't hang out with by yourself. And then there's Mm -hmm. quote unquote, the boys. So let's first just classify the hierarchy of friends. All right. So would an acquaintance be a friend? Like I'm I think thinking that's like the lowest of friends. I think so. Acquaintance. Well, I feel like even outside of that, you have strangers, don't you? Because like acquaintance assumes that you have at least met them at some point. So at the very bottom would be strangers. Above that, you have like your acquaintances, then like your casual friends, then you have like like your good friends. Wait, hold on. What's the difference between acquaintances and casual friends? I think that's kind of where like David's def- like operational definition of friends, you can't really hang out by yourself. Oh, that's an acquaintance? Uh, no, that's where casual friends would casual be. Casual friends, okay. Yeah. I would say acquaintances are just anybody you've met at least once. And you, you know, if you're like, hey, do you know so-and-so? You'll be like, yeah, I know so-and-so. I met them through some social or something, you know? I feel like that's an acquaintance, but I don't know if y'all agree with that. Sure. It can, we can define it anyway. So I think that's a good definition. All right. So it's so, like acquaintance and then casual friend. Yeah. And then <clears throat> it's not bestie from there. I feel like that's a huge jump. Yeah, I agree. I think we might have just like uh, like good friends, maybe. Good friends. Yeah. Like you're just like, hey, yeah, so-and-so is a good friend of mine. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't say that there. Well, actually, let's go in a little more deeper into that. Yeah, let's let's just define the distinction between each level. So yeah. the distinction between casual friends and good friend is what? Mm, maybe one thing that is different is that you are able to hang out with a good friend by themselves, a casual friend, you would kind of have to hang out with other people in order to be able to properly feel socially lubricated between each other. Socially lubricated. Oh. Start using that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I like that. Okay. And then good friend versus what's the next step? Close friend? Yeah, a close friend. Oh, okay. There's that in between as well. Okay. Mm. is close friend the boys i I would say close friends are the boys okay i think this level is is you're able to tell them your problems or you're willing to go to them for advice and you value their criticism and their judgment i think Mm. that's a good friend and the, the feelings mutual both ways what do you think yeah so like you're like open to criticism from them and they're willing to say like bad bad stuff to you not bad stuff but like uh, honest feedback yeah. and criticism mm-hmm. yeah, like sure. you don't take you don't take their their shit person mm. Mm. okay okay you know like they mean the best for you mm-hmm. so you're open to their criticism mm-hmm. okay Always. and then at the very top i guess it would be your best friend right so this is like one person yeah that would be like it's supposed to be one person but everyone kind of violates that so yeah i, I would know, I say think... you can kind of go ahead dan I don't think I have, I don't like saying best friend because I feel like yeah. it excludes people. I don't know. Like, I just feel like saying you have a best friend excludes your good friends. And those good friends might see you as like their best friend. So mm-hmm. I don't like 
the term best friend, at least for me. Yeah. I think just in my situation, I think other people could have best friends, but I don't, I don't want a best friend. I want a lot of good. What I was going to say was, <clears throat> Dan, maybe that's a term that's reserved for your one and only. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Oh, your wife? Is that what yeah, his about? wife. That's what I'm referring to. Oh. Yeah. I like these kind of definitions that we put out. How can we use these definitions to answer David's question about what exactly again? Can you remind us of the question? I think we kind of hit it. Um, well, my question was, was what differentiates from just being like a a casual friend, a casual friend from being one of the close friends. And like, I think we defined it pretty well just now. So I was going to ask then, what do you think are like the key requirements to like have a friendship? Like what are some like characteristics like we need? Sure. I think I, I think one very important thing to note is that what is required to keep up a friendship depends on what kind of friendship we're talking about, right? We just defined our best friend, our good friends, our close friends, acquaintances. Mm-hmm. I think the requirements for you to keep maintain that kind of friendship varies across the layer on this pyramid that we're talking about. Daniel, are you sketching up the pyramid or writing everything <laughs> no, down? I'm writing down like what I'm thinking, like what you guys talk. I yeah. Write it down. So this is what I'm thinking. In order to classify what level you are on the friendship pyramid, I think the biggest things are the values. Your values have to align. That's the first thing. And then the second thing is probably availability. And availability within availability is like proximity, how far away you live from each other, as well as how much free time you guys have or if your schedules align. I think so values and just availability are the two parameters you need to consider when trying to categorize where you are on the friendship pyramid. What do you think? You know, that's a little interesting because is that a requirement that you need to have aligned values in order to be close friends? Like in our last podcast, Trevor was talking about his group of close friends where two people had very different values, different political views, and they are the best friends. Well, I think, go ahead. Sorry. I think values extends beyond political beliefs. I feel like you can categorize yourself as, as right or left, but you you might still have the same values, like individual freedom, empathy and compassion, Mm -hmm. financial literacy. Yeah. I think I agree with that too, but I think there is still a possibility that you can still have different political values and still have different values. Sorry, different political views and values themselves. Yeah, I think we're I think we're agreeing on that, right? Yeah, I I guess so. I guess where I was kind of differing from you is that you are assuming that despite having different political views, those friends have the same values, whereas I'm saying those people might not necessarily also have the same values. Yeah, but like I guess we've all had we all know people that we're friends with, but we don't really understand why we're friends with them. Like we have different hobbies, we have different motivations. The people we hang out with are are different, but why do we like hang out with them? We just hang out with them because we're close in proximity to them, but we might not necessarily have the same values. You might categorize them on the friendship scale different from what they actually should be, is what I'm saying. I was gonna say there's like different things that we can consider about like why we're close to someone and maybe like with people like w- where we don't align values, maybe it's just like the history we have with that person too. 
so like the longer we know them like as a as a child like maybe we make a friend right but then i, I think as a child like you don't really, do we care about values when we make friends it's just like no like as just, a kid i don't think so I think like last in the last podcast, I talked about like the way we make friends up until this point kind of sucks. We kind of just make friends based on who we see on a day-to-day basis. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why a lot of friendships after high school kind of just dissolve because you don't see them on a day-to-day basis. Uh, I was, I was thinking like um, making friends without aligning values was actually kind of cool. Cause like, like later in life, that's all you have. Like you just have the values, but like, like it, as a kid, it's just like you're not intentionally like trying to find someone that like matches with you, but like you find someone different from you and someone you become friends with them. And then like if you grow up with them, that's like pretty dope. Like like there's something else than the values that are connecting you guys. Yeah. You know, I think one really famous friendship is RBG and Scalia, right? They have very different views, but some say that they're the best of friends used to be the best of friends and it's kind of interesting that um dan you just say that um shared values is a very important aspect to a good friendship because i feel as though a little bit of um conflict within a friendship might be beneficial to the friendship itself that is like the two people that are in this relationship don't have to agree on every single political moral issue but i think the best friendships come where um the two parties are intent on fulfilling the good of the other yeah that's a that's a good point i didn't really think about i forgot that to account for the fact that values change as you get older and value you adopt values based on the people you surround yourself with values are not static they are dynamic and you know your values change over time so I forgot to count that and maybe we shouldn't choose friends based on on values alone because surrounding yourself with people who have different values with you challenges your perspectives i guess so good point david point john yeah so for like the the key requirements i actually like watched a ted talk about friendship by a spokesperson is that what you call it or someone who speaks in TED, a ted talk speaker named shashta nelson <laughs> And she was talking about how there's three key requirements for a friendship, them being positivity, consistency, and vulnerability. So how a friendship starts, she states, is with positivity. So positivity is basically you kind of hyping your buddy up, affirmations, encouraging them. So that's how you kind of set it up, set up like a baseline. Then you go with consistency. Consistency is defined as like people like hanging out more together, like spending more time together. So as they do that, they learn more about their behavior. So this is why like people have an easier time making friends like with people from school or work because they just see them on a daily basis. And then the last last point is vulnerability. So this is just being open to someone, talking not just about like one's insecurities, but also talking about like one's experience, sharings, one's everyday life. And as like people share more about themselves, they feel like more of a connection. So what, what do you guys think of these uh, requirements for like a friendship? Do you agree with this TED Talk speaker? I think our mental model is almost the same thing as this. You know, like values would go within like vulnerability and positivity, I guess. I don't know. But definitely availability goes along with consistency. Mm. Seeing someone on a day-to-day basis or having your schedules aligned. 
that definitely goes along with consistency. I think I like the most. The, oh, go ahead, Jonathan. I think the most interesting part of the three points is the vulnerability part of the friendship that she describes. Can you elaborate a little more on the vulnerability aspect of friendship, David? Uh, she was just talking about how um, you're like open with the other person and you're not afraid to share like your your insecurities you have and the troubles you're facing, but also like sharing and bragging about like the things that are going on in your life too. Because you can't do that with certain people, like with the acquaintances and the, the casual friends, just because you, you might think, oh, we're not close yet. But like once you re- achieve a certain level, you're comfortable enough to share all that. Yeah, yeah. I think I kind of agree with that. I mean, I totally agree with that because going back to our marble analogy where we allow certain individuals to see only a subset of the marbles that we contain, that vulnerability is kind of just like a parameter that dictates how many marbles you're willing to show other people. It's funny because... Some people are more willing to show more marbles than others. And then because of that, you feel as though you are more connected with them. Whereas it would kind of be like having a unnormalized distribution. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) What I mean by that is this person's not naturally willing to share as many marbles, but because they aren't willing to share as many marbles. You just kind of perceive that person to be a little more distant from you. When in actuality, you are probably the closest person that that person has interacted and shared personal thoughts with. And so this idea of vulnerability, I think, is something that's different across different individuals. And therefore, the friendships between individuals can be perceived differently. So do you think, um, was it people that have like different openness to be vulnerable or willingness to be vulnerable it'll be difficult for them to be like the bestest of friends like it can cap someone from reaching like a certain friendship level yeah i definitely think so because if we just talk about vulnerability itself right in order for you maybe it isn't a prerequisite but i feel as a one of the biggest components of having a best friend is just being completely vulnerable to that person maybe that's why Dan, you haven't felt as though you've met a best friend because you haven't met someone you can be totally vulnerable with. I think that is something I'm taking from Goodwill Hunting. Um, I think there's a scene where Robin Williams tells um, William. It's a scene where they're at the park and they're both sitting on the bench and uh, Robin Williams is telling him, like, if I told you to tell me about love, you can probably recite every Shakespearean love sonnet, but you couldn't tell me the feeling of feeling completely vulnerable against someone. And I think that kind of ties into this conversation because that feeling of total vulnerability may be something that you only feel when you have found your best friend. And so going to, back to our original question, David, whether vulnerability is crucial to having closeness and friendship, I would definitely say so. Yeah, I definitely think it's a parameter that dictates how close you are with an individual. Y'all like that? I stopped saying right. It's over for y'all. <laughs> <laughs> but please do catch me. Right? Yeah, please do catch me if I do say right. 
have you noticed yourself saying right in previous holy podcasts? shit i say that word so much i listened yeah. to our, i yeah. listened to our time podcast and i was mm-hmm. like yo shut the fuck up stop realized, saying that word i realized like i thought i was getting better but i just started substituting um for yeah you know. <laughs> and like now i'm just annoyed at myself for saying you know god i hate myself so i apologize to the, the listeners that are tired of my my shit I, keep saying, I think we can you know. keep each other accountable. Okay. Yeah. But what do you guys think about my take? Do you think vulnerability is a is the only factor when dictating the closeness of friendship? Or what other factors play along in how close you are? That is, David just brought up, uh, what's her name, Nelson? Yeah, Shasta Nelson. Shasta Nelson's three points about the factors that dictate friendship. I'm saying that vulnerability is very interestingly crucial to dictating how strong a friendship is but i guess besides consistency and what was the first one david positivity positivity are there any other factors that you think that she missed out on maybe no like right now i'm like trying to think of a friendship with just vulnerability and without the two as other two Mm -hmm. aspects sure and that's a good thought experiment I think maybe consistency, like once you've established um, a certain level of friendship, maybe consistency is not that necessary. Just because like, I think last week too, we were talking about how some friends we could not talk to for like six months and we come back to them and it's like still the same. But with positivity, I think that's necessary. Just because like if you're vulnerable to someone, but then you're like not nice to them, you don't affirm them for anything. Like, Like let's say someone's having a hard time and as a friend you're supposed to be like oh it's gonna be okay or like you know it's gonna be hard right now but you, you like give them some encouraging words but like if you don't have that positive and you're just you're just like is that person having a hard time you're like dude sucks to be you or like man i i wouldn't want to be in your shoes like if you keep on like accumulating those kind of comments i feel like even with vulnerability like the the friendship will only like be capped at a certain level those examples like sucks to be you are you saying that falls under positivity oh no no i'm saying that does not fall under positivity like so i was giving an example of um, when someone's in the situation of a hard time there's a positivity examples would be like encouraging them but then i was giving examples of when they wouldn't be like encouraging them without the positivity i kind of want to talk about positivity i feel like that's very loosely defined right now okay because i feel like when you get to a point when you make a friendship with someone that is very close, I feel like positivity, even though like you're not in a good mood, that seems like the opposite of like authenticity and vulnerability. I feel like if you're going through stuff, you can't just be positive about it. So can we just define what the TED Talk speaker means by positivity? Yeah, that's a good point. David, do you want to go first? Yeah, I'll take a stab at it. I think what she meant was kind of having the best interest of the other person. Like, it doesn't have to be like positive words, but like, like when someone's going through a hard time, like you want the best for them, you want them to get through it. So it doesn't have to be like positive comments, but just positive, like positive comments. But it's just, yeah, like I said, having the best interest for your friend. Sure. I think this plays along with comparison comparing yourself to your friends i think if your friend has similar values similar ambitions towards you you probably have similar goals and 
I think this positivity is probably just defined as wanting the best for someone and, you know, not feeling like you're competing against them, maybe. Can I read you a sentence? This is from Shasta Nelson. Positivity or positive emotions is one of three requirements of every healthy relationship. The other two being consistent interaction and vulnerable sharing. But let's be real. Who wants to increase our consistency or vulnerability if they don't leave us feeling good? All meaningful relationships are built on a foundation of both people feeling better for having interacted. And she defines positivity as being the outcome in healthy relationships as we are left feeling good from such things as experiencing pride, awe, empathy, kindness, acts of service, gratitude, laughter, and affirmation. Friendship is is absolutely about two people raising the emotional happiness of each other. So with that definition, I think I agree more with Dan that raising the emotional happiness of each other is not the crux of every good friendship, right? Because there are cases, as Dan said, where trying to raise the emotional happiness of each other may come off as inauthentic and yeah, just being fake, you know? And so in those cases, I think positivity as Shasta Nelson defines it is not the key point of close relationships. Maybe it is when she talks about in healthy relationships, but when I think of very close, intimate relationships, I don't think it's a main factor in that relationship. Would you guys agree with that? Dang, you're taking my side over. Shasta? Yeah, maybe it's because like I still don't know her. I'm sure she makes some valid points later on, but just from that initial definition by itself, that's how I feel on the matter. And I kind of think I need to talk with Shasta Nelson and have her clarify her definition before yeah, we should have her saying on the she's wrong. Yeah, we should have her on the podcast. <laughs> okay, let me take a stab at it. Yeah, sure. So I agree for the most part with what she's saying about you know acts of gratitude and all that stuff. But I don't like her claim about raising the happiness, I guess. You know, I feel like if you aim for happiness, like that's your end goal. I feel like you'll never be happy. I don't know. Like, I feel like it's cyclical. You can't be happy all the time. I think a better definition of friendship is someone who, all the things that we said, but as well as like, you know, they challenge their viewpoint. They motivate you to become better than you actually are. And they might not necessarily make you happy all the time, but they definitely in the long term, make you a better person. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, just to not defame Shasta, I want to add two more little phrases that she puts in. Positivity does not mean that we need to be a more positive person or say positive things. It doesn't mean trying to cheer people up, pretending to like everything or saying yes to everyone. It doesn't stipulate that we go through hard things, struggle with depression, or get angry. It does not ask us to put on a fake brave face, force us to smile insincerely, or give us an excuse to avoid tough conversations. What positivity does mean is that over time and along the way, we feel positive emotions toward each other. And so would you say that is what you're trying to also say, Daniel? Yeah, I guess we agree. Shasta, sorry. (laughs) As you're reading that, um, something that kept popping in my head was yesterday, I think Dan was talking to, like, there's a group chat about basketball. And Dan, like, we have a friend named Steven and he can't drive. 
was requesting for some rides. And do you want to read it? What I said? Yeah, hold on, let me pull it. Up. It was so funny. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely want to talk about consistency after this. So we we covered vulnerability and positivity. So mm-hmm. let's let's do consistency. I think it's a good segue. But um, so so before we move on to that, um, so he was asking for rides. And Dan, Dan, no, 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 no. so let me explain. So we're trying to schedule a hangout where we can play basketball together for maybe like one and a half to two hours. Right? And we're getting a lot busier. All of us are, and it's getting a little bit harder to align our schedules. So I'm really trying to make this work. Cause I haven't seen my friends like Eric and Steven in a while. Right. I've seen Jeff and Ryan, but uh, it's, it's been kind of hard to hang out with with Eric and Steven just because we have different hangouts. So I'm really trying to push this. And a lot of people in the group are just trying to give up on this. You know, we're just like, you know, I just don't think it's a good day. Let's just not do it. But I'm like really pushing for it. Let's go ahead, David, read it out. <laughs> so Steve, Steven, Steven's the one who can't drive, right? So he's he, like Dan said, he's, he's coming up with like a lot of, lot of excuses. <laughs> And Dan's like, oh, I can give you a ride. And I think Steven comes up with something else. And there's this cut, there's this one reply that just cracked me up. Dan just says, someone needs to pick up Steven's bitch ass. And if no one can't, I will, but I'll be late. But then when he calls him a bitch ass, that's like when you know you're close to somebody. But that, that got me thinking about like the positivity aspect. You don't always have to say positive things. You can really say what's on your mind with, with your buddies. I know, like, I know I'm, I'm close with Steven because he's one of the guys that I can pick on and like make fun of. But at the end of the day, he knows that I mean the best. I'm not trying to make him feel bad. Uh-huh. I know he can take it. And I think that just is just a testament to how we become better friends the, this past year. So. That's true. Like I can't imagine you saying that to me like in high school. <laughs> Can we talk about consistency? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Can I bring up an anecdote? So last night I was on Discord from midnight to maybe 3.30 with my friends, Ryan, who is a good listener of the podcast, actually, uh, my friend Jeffrey and Cody and this other Steven. Okay. And we're talking and we're all trying to finish work because Jeff wants to go, Jeff and Ryan want to go surfing on Sunday. And lately I've been feeling like surfing is a chore because it's so, it's so full send. Do you know what that means? Like it's a whole commitment, like a whole day commitment to go surfing because I can't use my phone or laptop in the water. I have to like completely concentrate and like leave everything at home. And then I won't get back home for like a couple hours. So it's a full send activity. Therefore, we need to finish all our homework and all our other commitments earlier in the week. And lately, I've just been getting really busy with school, with with work, with other social interactions. And it's been very hard to maintain like a constant schedule and finish everything on time. And I've definitely struggled like this week with whether or not I should go surfing on Sunday, which is tomorrow. Uh, and I think the reason why it's hard is because of this FOMO aspect. And I think this has to do with consistency. I don't want to say no to a social interaction because I want to be consistent with it. I want to make an active effort to hang out with friends that invite me to things. And I feel like if I say no, I am taking a a hit to my friendship score. It's like a credit score. I'm taking a hit to my friendship score. So uh, 
can we just talk about the extent of consistency with regards to the interplay with other aspects of your life, such as work and, and other relationship commitments? Go ahead, Dan. So I was talking to, to David about this earlier, and it's for me, at least, I have more friends that are hanging out out of the house. So I have, I actually have options now, you know, what's, what's that uh, white rapper's name? I got options. Post Malone? No, no, no. I think like Jack Harlow or something. I got options. So yeah, I got options now. And now I got to actually start prioritizing my social interactions. Who do I hang out with? I only have a finite amount of time. And I guess a better question is, how do you prioritize social interactions? Are you talking about like, um, who do you hang out with over others? Yeah, like what's your, what's your rationale or your thought process on priorities of social interactions? Usually for me, like for social interaction, if I do have options, it's like whoever I said yes to first, like I don't, I don't really like canceling. So if someone asked me beforehand and I said yes, then I'll, I'll just go with that because I don't want to cancel plans with um, people I've already made. But I talk about like a situation where you haven't said yes to anybody and you, you can choose in between. I think that second scenario that you proposed doesn't really happen, mm. right? I think someone asks you to hang out and you say yes because you're free. And then another person asks you to hang out and that interaction is more rewarding or more enjoyable mm. thinking about it prospectively. So... Do you think so there's that's a real the question going on here? Whether or when do we choose to substitute out existing plans with new plans? Because I mean, Dan, if if we're going by the first situation, right, then it's just whoever asked you first, right? But I think the more interesting question is the case where you don't have any plans set up, um, and you have to figure out between which plans you want to go with, or it's a case, it's a question that. When do you choose to substitute the existing plan with a new plan? Yeah, I guess that is, I guess that's the question. Because I feel like that first scenario where you have existing plans already is what usually happens. I guess I'm asking, is that the best rationale for prioritizing social interactions? Do you just say yes to whoever asked you first? Whatever you plan first? Or is there like a better way that like no one does? Yeah, this is a really good question. Because it's something that, we don't really put too much thought in right as you said it's typically whoever asks us first but there is some kind of priority cue where let's say your friend is in the hospital then obviously that's going to come first if your if your parents are in the hospital you're going to go first if your friend wants to rant about something they're going through some tough times you're going to go to them first right and so there is some underlying mechanism that we haven't put too much thought about try and figure out what that is for me and i wonder if this mechanism has any interplay with the hierarchy of friendship that we talked about earlier where we are willing to i wouldn't say it's as simple as oh i am going to hang out with this person over this person because they are higher up in my friendship hierarchy you know because mm -hmm. i mean there are definitely cases where i will go out to meet people who are not necessarily as close to me on the friendship hierarchy so what what is that mechanism underlying there it really is just impulse space right like i don't know about you guys but it, it's just a gut feeling right it's whatever like oh you know what i have a obligation to go to this or 
maybe it's just like where can i maximize my dopamine intake you know is it really as simple as that or or are we more complex beings than that yeah it's like intuition versus logical thinking right isn't that one of the things on myers-briggs like if you're more yeah on fear. fair enough yeah should we yeah, be they're... more logical mm-hmm. with prioritizing social interactions what do you guys think well i think it depends on the person as you said mbti kind of says what kind of method you will decide on that, these that matters stuff is, that stuff is contextual remember? contextual yeah but i definitely know when um like one of my friends alex at cornell he uh he is a type to have a justification for every little thing. He'll be like, hey, you want to go eat dinner? And this guy will be like, oh, you know what? I'll go to dinner because after dinner, I can go gym because it's really close by. And then after gym, I'll do this. So things work out. And he'll always find some justification for things. And it's foreign to me because I never think of social interactions as this kind of appointment-based approach, you know? I don't know. I feel like maybe we need to make more of an effort to be logical and efficient with our social interactions, especially now that we're going to start working, we're going to have even less time to hang out with people. So the prioritization is going to be even more important. And I don't think we should just say yes to whoever asked us first, because, you know, there's, I was talking to Ryan earlier and he was saying, there's a trade-off in every decision that you make. Um, in terms of my surfing predicament, my trade-off is not doing the work. Therefore, I got to do the work earlier. And that trade-off is I trade off sleep to finish my work. So I, I feel like there's always a trade-off and we all need to consider the positive and negative implications of each social interaction, I guess. Wait, so it's like the, like hanging out with the person who asked you first. So I think if that wasn't like a, I don't know how to say it, like a social construct, like if that wasn't like the social norm, I think the logical, like the, uh, making plans logically would be actually like ideal. But I think the only thing stopping people from like canceling is like the social norm of, oh, you canceled on me and you're hanging out with this guy? Come on now. But like as we get older, I think, do you, do you guys think that we'll get over that kind of? Like it's like, oh, whatever, F your feelings. Not F your feelings, but like I got I to do what I got to do. And if I got to cancel on YouTube, to engage in like more important activities like do you think that'll become acceptable at some point like maybe it's like our age right now that's that's not allowing this like canceling kind of or like committing to our first plans yeah i mean priorities do change and um as we grow older it is more understandable that those priorities will take those other priorities will take priority over social engagements, right? But to say that that justifies why we don't preempt existing schedules, I wouldn't go as that far to say that. Can I say one thing? Yeah. Can you guys like speak into the mic a little bit more? Yeah. <clears throat> and then, okay, second thing. Here's a scenario that I, I thought of. So intuition versus logical in terms of social interactions. Think about like a father, right? Logically, you'll have much more engagement, fulfilling interactions going out with your friends or, you know, having insightful conversations with people outside of the house. But like, you got to take care of your kids. You can't just 
just abandon your role as a father, even though logically, I don't know. I can't, I don't, it's hard to make this claim because I'm not a father and I don't know what that feels like. So never mind. Maybe it's more fulfilling being a father. I don't know. I'm still thinking about like the canceling on your friend thing though right now. Like um, how we prioritize social engagements right now. Yeah, that's a good question, huh? Yeah, it's a thought provoker right now. Anyone's listening. If you have any interesting takes on this, please write us. I'll set up an email and I'll put it in the description or something. Yeah, please write us. We'd love to hear what your take is on this. Like, have you ever um, canceled on someone just because you wanted to hang out with someone else? Yeah. Oh, huh? Yeah. How how'd that feel? Was that was that like pretty fulfilling? And like, was your like, <laughs> there's a trade off guilt? There's a trade off, right? Okay. Like, I'm I'm sure I would cancel on college friends to hang out with high school friends or to hang out with my family, and mm-hmm. I would feel bad about canceling on my friends. I hate canceling on my friends because I feel I'm rejecting them when they went out of their way to ask me if they could hang out with me. You know, that feels bad. Yeah. But if I were to go through that, there's a trade-off. I would sacrifice time spending with my family or my friends higher on the hierarchy of friendships. So it's a trade-off. And you just got to make the most optimal, game theory optimal decision. Seems like these engagements are kind of based on like the people too, like the hierarchy, like you said, and then also the situation. Like, let's say you hang out with family, you made prior plans with that, but then all of a sudden your friend's graduation comes up, like your college friend's graduation. Then like hanging out, you can do it anytime, but that graduation, it doesn't happen that often. So I think usually people would go to their friend's graduation then, right? Oh, yeah. Okay, so it's like a box and whisker plot. Is that like the one that's like, it's vertical and then there's statistics bars? Yeah, okay, so it's like a vertical box and whisker plot. I think each social interaction has a confidence interval, a a family commitment versus a friend's graduation. Mm -hmm. I feel like you have to consider the max and min values (laughs) of your fulfillment in that social interaction, right? Mm -hmm. And also like you can sacrifice other things in life you can reschedule certain things if it's possible right like for my surfing analogy i sacrificed work on sunday for work on saturday and i sacrificed sleep to do the work on saturday so it's you know like you're able to rearrange your schedule it's not it's not binary it doesn't have to be binary mm-hmm. okay i'm a little confused why this box and whisker plot came in is it primarily because you're just talking about the maximum outputs you can get from the social engagement yeah, like the social engagement is in the future. Like we're thinking about social engagements prospectively, like they're going to happen mm-hmm. in the future and you're trying mm-hmm. to consider the pros and cons of each, right? But we have like limited information on how fulfilling the social engagement might be. You might commit to something and it might suck, right? There's there's an, a confidence interval, I guess. I have a feeling. I have a feeling that we are trying to place rules on something that is far more complex and rules that we've developed over the long period of time that we've able to learn how to interact in social environments trying to give a one rule definition for how we choose among different social interactions is kind of difficult and possibly impossible to do because everyone's different and while i do think that is one method by which we may choose 
to choose one social interaction over another. I wouldn't go as far to say that that is what everyone does. And it's also not a very, it's not a very good conversation to have because it's just like, okay, so we just gave one example of how to choose one social interaction over another. But that's my two cents. <laughs> so for me, it's like, although it's complex, yeah, it doesn't mean that necessarily that we should just not try to think about it more. For mm-hmm. example, like basketball analytics, it's not perfect, but mm-hmm. it does give a good indication of how successful someone might be in the NBA, right? Mm-hmm. So I feel, although it's not perfect and it, the situation is a lot more complex than we make it out to be, it's definitely still something that I want to consider in terms of how I make decisions. I guess all I'm trying to say is that us trying to approach this topic from a prescription aspect is not the best way to go. I think we kind of talk about this more like how do you as an individual do this, right? So I guess is a box whisker plot thing, is that how you do that personally? Or are you saying that that applies to like a lot of people? Oh, I've never done this box and whisker plot thing before. (laughs) I just thought about it. Um, Yeah, I I don't do social interactions like this. Kind of okay. just, I, I do what David does, like the social, whatever is socially acceptable. You just say yes to whoever asked you first. <laughs> sure. Even like if that thing sucks and someone invites you to something more, more engaging. Yeah. I just do whoever asks me first. Wait, do you ever have those like moments where someone asks you and you don't reply for a bit and then someone else asks you and then you have two conflicting you haven't said yes to? Or do you always like reply right away? Because I feel like that happens like to me sometimes too. Where mm-hmm. I hold off on the response just in case someone else wants to hang out. <laughs> Damn. Is that is that messed Damn. up? Shout out to David's friends. <laughs> he's not responding to you because he's waiting for someone cooler to ask you. No. To hang out. <laughs> no th- okay, let's just say this is hypothetical. <laughs> Hypothetically. Mm-hmm. David, but, how do you make a choice in that situation when you have two options? Mm, see, when I have those two options like that, then I would like go with the more engaging one, right? But that's only because like the person who asked me first doesn't know, like, like does d- doesn't know that um, they asked you first. Yeah, they asked me first. So then I'm like thinking, like, like if they did ask me first and then I replied to them, the only reason why I'm hanging out with them now is because they know. Which, what's how long did you take to reply to the first person? Is this like twenty four more than twenty four hours? No, like with actually, yeah, more than twenty. <laughs> let's say it's like more than one day. And that's kind of rude, probably. <laughs> that's rude. Yeah, <laughs> at least for me, like the reason why I don't reply to people is just because I'm just so brain dead. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just so drained. I'm like, oh my god, my phone is four years old. It takes me thirty seconds to open up Messenger to type. It's so laggy and. You know, I might as well just not reply. Mm-hmm. Uh, just to clarify, this is uh, hypothetical, okay? Mm. It, I actually have not. <laughs> it, it hasn't been 24 hours. Usually it takes me, the latest is like 12 hours. <laughs> can, I give you a, can I build on this topic a little bit? I'll kind of give you a more CSE approach for this. So basically, there's this problem in CS called the stable matching problem. And it's basically a problem where you'll have two parties. The typical example they give this to you guys is between male and female. And what you try to do is you try to match every guy with every uh, lady 
to each other such that every guy will be matched with the best person they're able to be matched with, right? And it kind of sounds like, David, you're having this issue where you are trying to match yourself with the best person to have a social event with. And so there is a simple algorithm that is proven to be optimal in this situation. It's called the Gale Shapley algorithm. Basically, what, what happens is all the guys, what they will do is they'll propose to the number one girl on their preference list be like, hey, will you marry me, right? And the girls will be like, if they don't have anyone uh, that they're paired up with, then they'll be like, yeah, sure. And then later on, if another guy happens to ask the same girl, hey, do you want to marry me? And that guy is higher up on that preference list, then that girl will ditch the first guy's ass and then go with the second guy since the second guy is higher up on her preference list. And the first guy is back in the, the marriage pool to look for to go down to a second person in his preference list. And so I wonder if you can use Gail Shapley algorithm to help you plan this. <laughs> Wait, so this is like kind of like logical, though, like logically based everything. Yeah. There are some like guarantees that every guy will be matched with the best person that they're able to be matched with, but the females are actually going to be... Uh, they're actually suboptimal. Uh, it's some weird. Uh, I won't get into that, but All right, like let's, it's, let's... it's beneficial for the good-looking guys. If you're not good-looking, then you you get the short end of the stick. Yeah, I mean, or it depends on how the order of preferences are given on on each individual's list of preferences. You know, right? You could be funny, and that's why you are higher up than so and so on this preference list. So if you tie this back to like the social interaction thing, then yeah then like it would be logical to hang out with like the best fit. And the only thing stopping us is, like I said, the social construct of it not being acceptable. So if we somehow made this logical thing acceptable, then people would be making this, like people would be canceling left and right. Would that be good? True. Would, would that be all right? Like, I feel like that could optimal. hurt some feelings. It, it could be optimal, but it's it optimal. definitely, yeah, it won't be very, because uh, <laughs> And then facts you might hurt someone's feelings. feelings, you know? That's true, yeah, yeah. Facts don't care about your feelings. Yeah, facts don't care about your feelings. Because, <laughs> so. like, I guess one thing that that doesn't take into account is the fact that you're going to have to see that person again the next time you try to plan an event with them, mm. you know? And then they're going to remember, yo, you ditched my ass. Now I know your order of preference. I know I come third in your <laughs> list of preferences. Fuck you, I'm going to hang out with this person. Hopefully I can be higher up on their order of preferences after we hang out. <laughs> well, so I guess like that brings up a good point about like friends then. Like they have to like consider each other on the same like level then. Like if, if one recognizes that they're not of the same importance to them as they hold them, then it's just like GG. It's like your the relationship might like lower from like a close friend to a casual friend. Yeah. Wow. I gotta be careful, <laughs> David. Right. I better be your best friend. Yeah, I'm gonna right, be hurt. I text you, David. And you don't respond in twelve hours. I know I'm not. I'm not a. Uh, I'm not. Your I'm probably like. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it depends on the hour. Okay, but <laughs> Dan, were you gonna say something? Though? I was just gonna just close it off. Like, just be like, after our, after our talk today, do you guys think you'll have a more logical approach to? 
how you prioritize social interactions? Or I think the audience are us. <laughs> you. Oh, um, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, so I, I haven't really thought about this, but the logical approach is very different from what I've done before. But I think I'll still just do a socially acceptable and <laughs> um, just hang out with like the first person who asked me just because after after the talks we had and about like like um hurting people's feelings i think it's like the best thing to do like like you said it's not optimal but it's the best in the sense i don't know how to describe that like it's benefits the most people or i don't know maybe there's a sense of optimal optimality in a community versus optimality locally per individual, right? Because I think if we go in optimal for an individual using that Gail Shapley thing I was telling you about early makes sense. But if we're talking about in the context of optimality in a social environment, maybe that's maybe that's um where this kind of comes into play, where you want to take into consideration other people's feelings and such. You know. You want to hold off before we wrap up, Dan? Sure. Yeah. Things going okay, Dan? Pretty good. Yeah, just a little. I told you my predicament. Yeah. Mm, I stayed up to like 3 a.m. last night. I've, I've been sacrificing sleep this week. For sure. Yeah, so it's it's been tough to say no to people. I'm trying to do everything. Yeah. Rather than choosing who to hang out with, I'm trying to hang out with everyone at the sacrifice of sleep yeah. and, and school. Uh, but I got nothing else to say on that. David, is there anything else you wanted to talk about? Uh, no, that's good. Any insights this week? Oh, well, it's not really an insight. I thought it was just funny that uh, someone was mentioning how like the society we live in is like the capital in the Hunger Games, right? Because you look from you look at the U.S. from like a third world perspective, we really are the capital people, you know, like <laughs> dyeing our hair red and blue just because we can to them it's so foreign you know and i had I, I i thought of this again when i was watching i don't know if you know but there's this youtube channel called the offline tv yeah, yeah. channel and it's a bunch of streamers right and just they're just having fun and i love them but uh just reminded me like damn you look at this from like a world's perspective like like it's just shenanigans so silly but it's just a small little insight i guess i got an insight i'm an insight i just wanted to just tell you guys have you guys heard of the circle on netflix no dude it's so good it's a reality tv show i'm super into reality tv shows i watch like survivor i even watch like the bachelor and it's just it's so interesting just watching people interact with each other and so let me just tell you the premise it's a reality show where there's about eight to nine people in every episode. People go home and then people come in, right? The objective of the game show, the winner gets like $100,000. But the objective is you want to be the most popular person. They call it influencer. And the way you do that is just talking to other people. And all your interactions are through text. They don't meet each other in person. It's all, all their interactions are through this message feature known as the circle. And you can either play as yourself and just be authentic, or you can like play as someone else and they call you a, a, a catfish. So there's this person who's playing this person from NSYNC and it's like a middle-aged lady, but she's playing as, as Lance Bass from NSYNC. And it's really interesting just like watching people and like what works best in, in a circle, like is authenticity 
more valuable or is it pretending to be someone you're not more valuable? Like what, what wins influence over other people? So good. It, it seems like trashy TV, but it's so good. I love it. I check it out. Yeah, I check it out too. <laughs> um, my insight. My insight is just uh, past few days, I've been eating breakfast outside. I've been just basking in the sun and it, it's quite nice. Vitamin D. It's quite relaxing and something about that warmth just gets me calm and just ready for the day. So if y'all have great weather outside, try eating breakfast outside. It's a mm. great way to start the day. What do you eat for breakfast? Uh, it's usually just like eggs, um, eggs and bread, eggs and toast or cereal. Just make it, bring it outside, sit down. It's nice. Nice. All right. Either of you want to take us home with the outro? Let's go, David. Hold on. Uh, is there like a script? Actually, I'll do it because you do the... You do the uh... See you next time. Yeah. Yeah. All right, everyone. Thank you all for listening to this week's episode of The Undecided Podcast. Make sure to leave a like or follow us wherever you're listening to this. With that being said, we will see you all in next week's episode. Bye, everyone. See you all next time.